Hello everyone, today I am talking with Jeremiah Umporefi, and I hope I pronounced that right, Umporefi, I think I got it. Uh, he is a writer and a stand-up comedian. His debut novel, Hive, came out March 7th, 2021. He is up in Vancouver. Uh, we talk, uh, mainly I wanted him on because I wanted to talk about uh, balancing and kind of the difference between writing uh, stand-up comedy and writing, you know, a science fiction novel. Uh, just kind of trying to get into the artist's mind. Uh, mind. Sorry, I have a bit of a cold, as I think I, I think I said it on the interview with him. So we talk a little uh, stand-up comedy writing. We talk a little science fiction writing. We. Uh, talk some old movies that couldn't be made anymore near the end uh, of the podcast. Um, had a good time. He is a young 23-year-old, so he's got a long and probably bright future ahead of him. Uh, hope you enjoy it. Hey, remember to uh, like this, subscribe it, share it. If you're on Apple, if you have an iPhone, Give me a goddamn five-star rating and write a fun review. If it's fun enough, I'll, I'll read it on the podcast. Uh, and I will buy you a drink next time I see you. I think I made that promise uh, in a prior podcast. So anyways, hope you enjoy it. I'll see you quickly afterwards for an outro. Right now, we are welcoming Jeremiah Umporefi to the podcast. Did I, did I get that right? Yeah, you did get that right. Okay. You did a good job. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I was going to practice it a few more times before I hit record, and then I realized, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you started recording. <laughs> like, you're in too deep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I hit the button. I can't stop. <laughs> yeah. No, and I'm, I'm sensitive because Macalino can get butchered quite easily as well. Um, oh, really? So, yeah, I try to. They, people get tripped up over the vowels. Okay. You've got the opposite. You've got the opposite problem. You've got the the UKP throws everyone off. Exactly. <laughs> so you, and yours is Macalino. Yes. Okay, that doesn't seem like that'd be hard though, because it sounds as it spells. No, it you know what's spells. what's weird is people have gotten a lot better at pronouncing it correctly as I've grown up in okay. school. Like teachers would be like Jeff uh, Macaroni. <laughs> hey, don't even try yeah. um, But now even uh, I had sent an um, email to Nate Bargazzi that he read on his podcast And I don't know if you're familiar with him But he doesn't yeah, read yeah. words well <laughs> And okay. he even nailed Macalino on the second try So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like if your teacher says macaroni Like they're not qualified to be a teacher Like if they read your name <laughs> and that's what they came up with You know, like, I don't know <laughs> Yeah, the the uh, they 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 lose the they, they lose it in, with the vowels at some point. Yeah. <laughs> so you are up in uh, Vancouver. Yes, Vancouver. Gotcha. How are yeah. things uh, up there? I mean, um, in terms of comedy or just like in general? Uh, both. <laughs> both. Okay. I don't. I haven't heard much out of Canada. Uh, 
in a while as far as COVID or anything goes. Right. Well, actually, our cases, like, I think for the first time recently, like, our cases exceed America's. Mm. This is, so, like, that's, because uh, for a while we were pretty low. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, I think we're just, like, holding out, and just, like, by September, I think everything should be fine. But it's just, like, right now it's not... I don't know. I'm not someone whose COVID has really affected that much. I don't think about it that much, honestly. So, yeah. Um, with comedy, we were able to do shows in the summer, but we got shut down in November again. Oh. So everything that's been done has been like an outdoor or like a secret, you know? Yeah. Something like advertised. Yeah. What about you? Where are you located? I'm uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, okay. So Florida, I think relatively famously, uh, we we closed for a very very short time and then reopened. Yeah, um, I'm actually I actually canceled. I was supposed to do an open mic tonight, and I have the sniffles just a little bit, and I yeah. I'm like, mm. I was I was this close to being like I'm just gonna go and pretend I was doing cocaine to explain yeah. the sniffles because that's actually more socially uh, acceptable nowadays <laughs> than than having the sniffles and going to a yeah. comedy club. Um, yeah. But yeah, I realized I'm like I can't go five minutes straight without blowing my nose or sniffling or something, and I yeah, it's 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 weird because two years ago it would have been like stop being a wimp, you know. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, but now it's more like I I want other people to feel comfortable, so right. no point Man, in risking it. This is like a sentence you never thought you'd hear, but it's like you're so lucky you have an open mic to go to. Mm. I would kill to go to a fucking open mic. Even if it's like in front of three people, you know, it's just like it's interesting. Oh yeah. How, yeah. how long were you guys shut down for then? Like that you couldn't do comedy. Comedy clubs, I think, were only shut down in mid March until probably May or June. Whoa! That's, uh, wow. They were wow, not. Uh, they reopened whenever they felt like they could do things safely. Basically, it right. wasn't anything mandated by the state. Okay. Um, so. No, I it uh, it took me longer to actually go to the clubs because I have older parents. I guess they're still yeah. relatively young, but they they watch my kids while I work during the day. So okay, got it. there's no way I'm not going to see them. So it's like, eh, you know, I don't I don't know enough. I don't want to risk getting it and then yeah. not seeing my kids or my parents for two weeks. Or God forbid, I gave it to my parents. Right. Um, so got it took it. me. I actually didn't go back to the club until this year. I didn't step foot in any okay, comedy so clubs. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, it took me longer than the normal people. <laughs> yeah. I guess, like, so is there, like, so is there still, like, a bunch of, like, shows and stuff, too? Or is it just, like, big clubs? There's still, like, normal shows. Okay, nice. Yeah, so, yeah. We've had uh, a lot of uh, good comedians roll through. And I think some of yeah. it's because we're one of the places that they can actually perform now. So, you know, I, I, uh, it's, it's fun to laugh and, uh, you know, Florida seems to be, uh, you know, comparatively to places that had hard lockdowns better or the same as far as, you know, outcome. So it's like, yeah, that's what I've heard too. like the numbers are still like not as bad as you think it would be, but I don't know. You guys are very lucky that you get to do open mics, man. I would, I would love to do it, but I can't. Um, did you miss it? Like, did you miss open mics? Um, yeah, just, God, I missed so much. <laughs> yeah. Being around people, even, even without, uh, 
something about being around comedians is uh, fun. Like I, I used to go to open mics and not perform. Uh, I didn't have the balls to to go up on stage, but just hanging out with them at the bar and stuff. Um, that's and you still don't fully get that even now. I mean, yeah. some some hang out, but most people hit the stage and leave. Um, I hang out, but <laughs> mainly because yeah. I can't. Yeah, like I'm one of those people that leaves, man. I, I just like well, I stay, I stay for three. I watch three, and then I leave if it's like an open mic. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so how long have you been doing it for? I've only done it uh, a, f- a few times, a handful of times. Uh, okay. I'm a late bloomer. I I decided last year, right before everything shut down, that I was going to start doing comedy. Uh, okay. And stand-up was only part of it because I actually wanted to, and this will segue a little bit into another thing with you, I'm sure, but I actually have two almost completed screenplays that are like dark comedies. And I talked to a bunch of comedians, and they all said, you want your writing to be funnier and be better? You need to start doing stand-up, because you'll find funnier things. And they also right. said to start a podcast, just for, if no other reason, networking-type things. Right. And uh, so that's why I started doing all of it, is basically because I had a couple of ideas for movies in my head and a TV series that I thought would be hilarious. Nice. Um, and now I spend more time writing stand-up and doing podcast stuff than I do actually finishing those screenplays. That, yeah, are... so that, might, that might have been some terrible advice. <laughs> like, but it, it is, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what are the screenplays about, if you don't mind? Yeah, so um, I'll keep it vague. One is a... One is almost... It's kind of a spoof movie, and it's a very dark comedy. Um... My whole idea with this one was to cast, to solely cast comedians in all of the roles. Because I felt like even if the acting's not great, you can't fake the improv skills and the funny. Um, It's very dark uh, remake of a very old movie. And it's not even a remake, it's kind of a spoof. But... um, and then the it's it's complicated to uh, to explain fully, honestly. Um, the other one, which I think is probably better, is kind of uh, it's an idea I thought of honestly before COVID, and then I really cooled off on it because it almost became reality. Um, not quite to the extent, but it's kind of a dystopian uh, world. Uh, Akin to, and not it doesn't have anything to do with zombies, but akin to a, a, an apocalyptic event where society unravels. There's no law, you know. Yeah. People form tribes, but the humor of it is that it's the movie's present is shot after the world comes back together and everyone's for everyone's pardoned for anything they did, and it's okay. kind of like they're back in the office doing what they did before they were murdering people. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but the way it unfolded with my writing, it started, this was March of last year, it started unfolding that way in America between, yeah. uh, you know, then the cops, you know, killing people and stuff like that, like yeah, yeah. lawlessness. Uh, you actually see it I'm like, oh, I need yeah. to cool off on this because I feel yeah. like I'm writing what might actually happen. Um, yeah, that's like. I think there's like a movie like that, like a Will Ferrell movie or something like that, where it's like he like writes. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. He can hear the narrator narrating yeah, his life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a decent one, I thought. Um, but yeah, my problem with that, so it, it it's uh, it's a little weird, but uh, uh, that's one where I reached out to other uh, comedians, and I'm like, this is almost, I want this to be a dark comedy. I want it to be funny and dark. It's almost coming out like a drama, though. It's like, it's not right. funny enough, and that's where they said, well, that's, that's where you gotta, you know, that's where the stand-up will, will train you to make it funny. Because uh, yeah. I, I don't, I personally would not enjoy the movie as a, uh, as a dark uh, drama. <laughs> I would prefer oh, okay. it to be something right. that's kind of humorous. You probably don't laugh a ton, but you, 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 you tip your cap to the, to the humor in it. Would you mind like doing like drama and comedy? Because I do. There's a lot of shows and like movies that combine both that are really good. Or would you just do you just prefer just a pure comedy? Um, I think a mixture is fine. Like I, I, I was actually talking about this with, uh, I'm trying to remember who, but I was talking about Breaking Bad, uh, right. where a lot of that cast are stand-up comedians. Uh, oh, oh yeah, 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 that's true. That's you true. know, and it, you don't, but like Bill Burr was in it, yeah, and Bob Odenkirk was. I think he was more Second City improv stuff, but uh, a lot of their, uh, it, it was a funny show. You don't think of it as a funny show, but there was a lot of humor in there. Yeah, that's uh, true. So that's kind of where I, I think uh, you could. I think my dad even called it a dark comedy. Like he thought it was a funny show. He he oh, laughed okay. out loud at that more than he'd laugh out loud at a sitcom. Oh, okay. So it's uh, so yeah, I think you can blend them in. Yeah. Now, uh, speaking of uh, of writing, so you had now this was a sci-fi novel, correct? Yeah. Yes. And it's called Hive. Yeah. And that came out in March of this year. Yes. Um, so now. I'll merge into that. So how long have you done stand-up? Uh, it's hard to uh, say with, like, COVID, but I was doing it for about two years, and then it got shut down, then a few months. So, like, two and a half years around. Gotcha. Yeah. How, how much writing, uh, uh, as far as time you take writing your stand-up, uh, how, do you, some people kind of, they seem to have a gift of uh, just thinking of something and then going up on stage and finding a joke in there. Um, some people write. I've I've been writing stand up for. I realized yesterday it's been well over a year. I've been writing it and I've only performed a few times. Um, so it's it's. I feel like I'm over prepared. I go up there and have five minutes and feel like I, I would be so much better if I had fifteen because I've got these full chunks of ideas and yeah. bits in my head. Um, but some people, five, filling up five minutes is a pain. So how much time do you spend actually just writing as opposed to performing? Not that you necessarily uh, keep a clock or anything. Yeah. When I'm, like, doing stand-up consistently, I write, I write about five jokes a day. And that might take that, – that, like, kind of varies. So that might – to write five jokes, it might be, like, 15 minutes or whatever. Because those five jokes are always, like, as you try out new stuff, some of it works, some of it doesn't. So it's like 25 new jokes a week. So every week I have like a five new minutes. Um, yeah, so I spend, and I'm a very like, when it comes to my writing, like I'm not good at riffing on stage. 
Mm. I can do crowd work, but I can't take a concept, like if I'm talking about films and just riff. Like I just have to, I have to have the jokes written. That's just how I am. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how much time, like 20 minutes a day, and that, that's really it. Gotcha. Do you, is your, are your jokes more uh, set up punchline or stories or? Uh, it's kind of like, I do like a lot of set up punchline, but within that, I'm writing like a story or a bit. So like, mm. if I, if I'm writing something about like, say, like coffee or something, I would just write a bunch of jokes, like probably like jokes and jokes and jokes about coffee. And then I see what works. And if an iced coffee joke works, then I go deeper and write more iced coffee jokes. So that it just slowly builds into whatever works. Um, yeah, that's just how I do it. Gotcha. Yeah, it's interesting to hear different people's how they how they organize, how they structure their writing. I'm yeah. I'm terrible at at set up punchlines. Like I I tell amusing stories with not enough punchlines in it yet. So okay. you, you'll get a laugh at the end. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, get a laugh at the end of the story, but you didn't throw a ton of punchlines in the meat of the story. So in five minutes, that's not a lot of jokes. Um, so that's. But then it's like you slowly kind of discover, like you as you build the story, you just like kind of find jokes. I guess that's kind of how you do it. That's where that's what I'm working on. Yeah, is finding okay. more tags in the middle in the exposition. So right. if if I have five minutes and I have to spend three of it setting up the the main punchline, well, better find some more laughs in those three minutes, yeah. or it's going to be, you know, they'll pay attention and they will laugh at the end of yeah. the story, but miss a lot in the uh you know in the middle there's a you know going three out of five minutes with no no laughter is a a tough uh tough silence to do yeah, it's painful it's painful <laughs> do you what's the first time you bombed um i would say it was the first time i had uh i had three friends and three family members show up and there were only nine people in oh, the audience yeah. and six of them yeah. were they're solely for me. Yeah. And I, so luckily, I, my friend videoed the set. It's the only one I got on video. And I looked back through it, and I had only seven joke attempts in the entire thing, which is not a lot in five minutes. Two of them, I messed up. I fumbled the way I said the joke. It, it, yeah. When I heard it, I'm like, oh, that wasn't a joke the way I said it. Four of them got laughs. The, the worst thing is, I had a joke in the beginning that was a slam dunk. Uh, and silence. Oh, God. Like, I even had the, like, the expected stop. Yeah. Nobody, okay. nobody laughed. <laughs> I, I made another, like, I, I kept begging. It was about, it was, and, and this is how bad it was. It was about, um, me having a sink full of dishes, and I had no clean forks. So, I'm so lazy, I went on Amazon Prime and ordered same-day delivery for a dozen stainless steel forks. Yeah, uh, and then I wasn't sure if maybe they'd laugh at that, but then I had it immediately planned. Update: There are now twelve more forks in my sink. Okay, nice. That's good. That's good. That makes it good. Yeah. Yeah. No laugh, and I'm like, I'll get to it eventually, maybe if it starts to smell. And then I finally got one person to give me a courtesy chuckle, and I'm like, Come on, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know that was a joke. You're supposed to laugh, even if it's not yeah. funny. Uh, that's rough, man. Yeah, that was that was rough. And then there was another. So uh, part of the problem is 
after that joke, there wasn't another joke for about two minutes. Like there, you know. Oh. So, so in essence, I just was up there thinking this is awful, and I got very robotic because you could yeah. tell I I already had bombed in my own head. Yeah. Um, it you know again it ended up getting the laughs where I wanted it later in the set, but that that very first joke that I was just kind of okay here's an easy slam dunk laugh they'll know yeah. it's a joke they'll give me a chuckle no. <laughs> that was the first time I was at a comedy club. So I'd done some open mics at other places that weren't comedy clubs where like you'll follow a guy playing a guitar and some person telling depressing poetry. And if you go there and you just tell dick jokes, people will laugh because nothing else is, you know, this woman was just talking about being assaulted or something and it's kind of depressing if I go up there and just, you know, make little dick jokes then people yeah. will laugh it's <laughs> don't make a, don't make assault jokes after that <laughs> no 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 assault <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. no assault all yeah. self-deprecating humor <laughs> yeah. that's yeah, I, mean, a, I feel like uh with those places though i feel like it's harder like when it's like not for comedy i think it, for me anyway like it was harder to get them in the mood for comedy it should be but i was really being hacky i mean i was oh, okay. doing just you know dick jokes like I was I was doing lowbrow comedy since I go to the comedy club I've actually done two clean sets um I mean they maybe wouldn't fully qualify as clean but I don't think I think I I used the word ass I think was the as bad as it got and I think I referred to paying for sex but nothing Uh, nothing to get cheap laughter I've actually been trying to work pretty clean to just Make sure the material's good because not, you know, th- this last Tuesday, and that's why I'm I'm angry. I'm not going today. Last Tuesday, for whatever reason, that room that had nine people I told you about had thirty, forty, fifty people in it. Oh shit! And everyone killed. Every single open micer killed because it was a good crowd. Like you, the bar was pretty low to get laughter. Honestly, yeah. Like, I, I don't know if I did well, or I just, it was a fluke with a great crowd. Um, but one of the guys, uh, I was on cloud nine because I'd never gotten a whole room of laughter like that because open mics are usually much smaller. Um, but afterwards, after I got another drink, I went out and listened to one guy, and he was really just making a lot of a lot of cheap jokes, and it was getting laughs, and I'm like, mm, I'm glad I didn't go that way. Yeah, you know, like, sure. like I, I, I don't want to get laughs just because I'm talking about being bad at sex and talking about having a small dick or something. You know, it's, of course, I've seen it the other way that does completely bomb when someone goes up there and says, oh, I've got a huge dick. Everyone's like, that, that's <laughs> okay. not yeah. funny. <laughs> it's hard, man. It's hard. I feel like, though, with, like, any topic, it can be made funny. It's just hard to, like have like a high bar when you're doing like dirty stuff or whatever because some people think that's like cheap or whatever but it's hard to write a really good dick joke because there's no, you're like right. so many done so it's like how do you you know how, how can i kind of break the boundaries here it's kind of yeah how, interesting how much time do you spend and i've talked about this a few times on my podcast 
But a lot of times you come up with, and I did this last week, you come up with a premise, you think, this is genius. And it's even based on your life. Yeah. And you write your jokes, but then you just keep thinking, there's no way someone else hasn't had this premise. And the worst thing is being accused of being a joke thief. Yeah. Usually I'm very personal in my com so it it's real feelings, real stories, stuff like that. So yeah. you can't really say I stole it, but I don't want to accidentally uh get a joke that was too close to somebody else that I've never yeah. heard. Um yeah. how how much time do you spend worrying about that? Quite a bit. Like I've had cuz I've been doing it for a while. Like I've probably had like probably four or five jokes that I had and then I got rid of because I later saw not even like in like Vancouver or whatever but later saw somebody do it in like a special like something similar or like later saw even like a similar premise on like a TV show or something so then when I see that I just get rid of it because it's just like and it's a good thing because that like pushes you to be more mm-hmm. and more original and because of that it's pushed me to look more and like deeper into like who I am and stuff like that so that's just like it is worrying but I just figure like as if I see something similar I'll just get rid of the thing and then that's that it's just like yeah well that's that's what's uh, what's funny about that is I dumped a joke and it was a dick joke because I heard and it was a bit about, I was going to preface it by saying, you know, I know I'm not gay because I know what kind of dicks I like to watch in porn. Yeah. They need to be white and circumcised so they look like a larger version of mine. So yeah. Joe Rogan, I hear him on his podcast, and I don't remember even who it was. It was months ago, and he said, well, when I watch porn, I like to pretend it's my own, so it has to look similar in, in size, shape, and color and everything. And I'm like, ah, damn it. <laughs> I thought yeah, I had yeah, something, it's but like, it's not unique. It's yeah, it's a pain in the ass, but it, in the big picture, it's good because it's like, now you have to replace it. And then it's like, okay, I'll replace it with something better and more like original. It's just like, there's certain things that like everyone's had, like, I don't know, like everyone's had certain thoughts and it's like, it's hard to, that's why it's just good to like try to be as personal as possible and talk about personal experiences. Um, yeah. So, now, we're talking about comedy writing. When did Hive enter your mind? Or how did it enter your mind, if that's a better question, maybe? Uh, it was about... Because I used to actually write screenplays. And uh, I wrote a screenplay, and then I wrote a miniseries before it. But as I was doing those, I just had this like image in my head. It just kind of like popped up in my head. I knew I wanted to do a military story. And then the idea was like... Like they were, I knew that it would be like kind of a hive mind, but then it's like they were all chasing the protagonists, and then there was going to be a twist where they use an EMP to stop like the hive's technology or whatever, and then that's revealed that one of the characters is an android. But I never actually went with that twist. But that's just where it sprung from, and then from that, like all of it, the book I started writing and shit. Um, but I think I started writing it um, three and a half years ago. And then it took me, I finished it last January. So it was like, it took like two years to finish. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. Now, how uh, comparing, uh, and you've written screenplays and miniseries and stuff, so, but yeah. hey, were those comedy? Were those sci fi or? Uh, the, 
I had it. I think the first the first thing I ever wrote was a miniseries, and that was a that was like a comedy drama. Um, and then the second thing I ever wrote was a screenplay, and that was also like that was more on the drama side, but had some funny moments. But it was like had like light sci-fi as well. Um, yeah. Gotcha. And science fiction, I feel like there's a lot of it out there, and I've seen a decent amount that do bring a lot of humor into it. I mean, yeah. even, uh, I don't know if you'd consider Thor Ragnarok, I don't know if you'd consider that a, a science fiction. I would. I think I would. And that, that blends, that's a yeah. comedy. I mean... Yeah. How I, like, mu- I like how it blends genres. Like, it's just like, it's cool because it's like, it has fantasy elements and comedy elements and like sci-fi elements. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, how much? Uh, how much do you blend things in Hive? Is it a uh, uh, a lot of jokes in there, or is it more just? Uh, I mean, it sounds like a pretty serious situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's more like drama based. Uh, there is a comic relief character, mm. uh, and there there are some like funny moments, but it's primarily primarily like dark. Yeah, gotcha. So it could be a dark. Uh, science fiction comedy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I would have to to make it even define it as a comedy, though. I'd have to put a lot more funny shit in it, but I just kind of didn't feel like that was the tone. Gotcha. Is um, I I've never even tried to write a book because I don't feel like I have the uh, concentration to do it. I I think I'd I'd get lost in the middle. How hard is it to start? Keep going and finish. Yeah, it's fucking. It's really, really hard. It's because it's a. It's an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you just gotta do it. Like, and it's like you know, some days, especially in like winter, when it's all like dark and like depressing outside and shit, it's super hard. But um, you just set a word count and just do it. But it's probably, I would say, it's probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Like actually finishing a book and then now having to go. I've had to go through a lot of stuff with like marketing and. A couple people kind of screwed me over and stuff when I was like hiring people for certain jobs. So yeah, but it's been a overall good experience. Uh, yeah, but it's really difficult. Yeah, I had a friend who went through, and uh, I don't think he got screwed over, but figuring out how much it it costs to get editors and and art and all that stuff. It's it 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 not only takes a lot of time and expense. It's just, uh, I mean, it's a huge. And congratulations to you for finishing. Uh, I haven't read it, not yet at least, but uh, if it makes you feel any better, my little brother wrote a book like four years ago. I haven't read that either. So. Oh, okay. Are you going to get on it? Or? <laughs> I, I, he, he's a really good writer, but his was very fantasy oh, uh, okay. with like creatures I didn't, wasn't familiar with. Like I understood like he had elves in there. Uh, but then he had some other creatures I had never heard of, and I didn't know how to pronounce words even as I was reading yeah. it. So I, oh, okay, got it. It's like the writing's good. I just don't. I when I read a book, I really like to visualize things. Yeah. And it's like I don't know what I'm visualizing. Here. Right. Is he uh? Is he like on? Um, did he sell it, or is it just like just for him? Uh, no. He he self published. Uh, okay. he sold. Okay. Uh. I think he sold a decent amount. I honestly don't know. Okay. Do you, do you mind if I look up his name? Like, what's his author name? I might. Oh uh, no, it's uh, Joseph Macalino. Joseph. I'm just gonna write that down quickly. Just actually, I 
Actually, we'll just do it after. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. It, uh, okay. yeah, it was, uh, it was called Everath. And, uh, Everath. Okay. one thing I loved about it, and he and I actually went down this wormhole a bit, and you maybe can, can relate with, with this. Um, he made it with the intent, and I think it's still his intent to make multiple books. So he built yeah. a universe. Yeah. Uh, so he and I, uh, and this almost, I would say, spurned me to, uh, or is the thing that gave me the fire to start writing even screenplays, was he and I built like a a comic book universe uh, with nice. my sister's fiance, who's the only one of the three of us who could do art whatsoever. Um, and that's where the problem was, is we were building the universe and one artist, you know, comic books take a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it would take him two weeks uh if you worked 40 hours a week to finish a comic we could come up with 50 in a weekend (laughs) yeah um you guys were the writers and he was the art right right so and and the thing was is and that was also kind of comedic in in theme um and i don't know if many people relate to this the funny thing is the main character in that universe was actually made in a dream i had (laughs) So I woke up, I had a dream, uh, and long story short, I, uh, people suspected I died, but I was taken away by aliens, and I lived six months on an alien spaceship, uh, training to come back to protect the planet, it's a long story, uh, I was the chosen one, but when I woke up, I usually sleep two to four hours at a time. For some reason, I slept eight straight hours this night, and I thought when I woke up, six months had passed, and the whole thing was real. Oh, shit. <laughs> so I, it was that vivid in my head that it's like, let's get this down somewhere. Cause yeah, write that down. Yeah. yeah, there's something there. And it's like, I'm very lucky that I can have things that I think are great ideas uh, while I'm unconscious. <laughs> yeah, that's good. No, that's cool. I've also, I have a short story idea that was, I wrote down, um, from a dream like you do you know tony robbins like the motivational speaker yeah guy? yeah no i have this i have this like horror uh short story idea which is like i don't know it was like you know those weird like conferences that people go to mm-hmm. like yeah like i had one where it'd be like he would like invite somebody to like a private like a private room and then he turns out he's like a cannibal i haven't written the <laughs> short story but i just got that idea of like a tony robbins-esque figure being a cannibal and i'm gonna do it after the draft of the book I'm writing now is finished, he's yeah, a, so it is cool. He he was in uh, Shallow Hal. I don't know if you've seen that. He played no, himself. It? Uh, it's it? a Jack Black movie from God. I can't. Hey, it's a really funny movie. Um, Jason Alexander and Jack Black and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. But Tony Robbins plays himself, and he kind of makes fun of himself. So if you could oh, get yeah. that made, Tony Robbins might just play himself or yeah, he might just do it, his yeah. character. <laughs> yeah. With your uh, comic book universe, like, did you guys ever like finish any comics or like you guys just kind of did it for fun? There were, I think, uh, Chase who does the, it did the logo for my podcast. Actually, I think he finished three or four of them. Like ninety nine percent. Like we still had to put the copy and paste words in and everything yeah. like that. Um, 
But that's kind of where it died. But my brother and I had like a 10-year plan, 15-year plan for the universe. (laughs) Like I would go over there with a big bottle of whiskey and finish it and we we would just talk. Yeah, I mean, you know what it is, is it's just a, uh, and sadly, I think this probably happens to a ton of people, is we think it's a great idea, and Chase helped us build the universe in the beginning until he got bogged down with the, the art and couldn't really yeah. do much to, to help with anything else, um, but, uh, you know, actually, it, it would take a good amount of money to actually hire other artists to help yeah in that to, to get it done. Um, so it's, uh, still, still something in the, in the back burner. I, even my, my notebook here, I was going through, um, and, uh, a lot of these pages are dedicated to that, uh, different things on that, like, uh, just little funny things. Like I was going to have the overhead of the facility of the group of heroes. It was going to look like a dick and balls from overhead. Um, I, yeah, I just, just little things like that, that you, you know, it's so subtle even that only certain people would notice it. Uh, but I, I even have, I have a drawing of that in, in this notebook. Yeah. Fuck. That's interesting. Yeah. I guess like comics are like so hard too, because there's so many people that it's like movies, like so many Mm -hmm. people have to be involved where it's a book. You can literally just like, it can just be you. Same with stand up. It can just be you. Mm -hmm. Like certain mediums like if you want to be a director you have to have backing if you want to make certain movies like a certain to like a certain point right it's interesting yeah, yeah. i'm also doing a uh my books it's gonna be it's the first of nine like my hide is the first of nine and it's also kind of like i kind of see it as a superhero story as well because like what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna jump genres so the book i'm writing now it's gonna be a fantasy trilogy and then after that it's gonna be like horror based and like and then after that it's all going to tie together in a superhero trilogy so it's like oh nice so the, so the characters now is like you're kind of seeing their origin story but in different genres and then it all jumps to like a superhero thing which uh yeah i'm excited for that nice that's an interesting yeah. uh that's, that's that's a very i hadn't heard of that with books and i'll be honest i haven't been the biggest reader uh in in my life I, I used to read until high school. Uh, I loved fiction books, and then in high school they gave assigned reading, and the books were so bad I started just yeah. using the cliff notes to cheat. Ruined yeah. reading for me. I've read three fiction books, I think, in the past decade now, uh, and all in the past year or two, actually. So I'm, I'm slowly getting back into it. What book, what book ruined it for you? Like, What was the book that you had to read where you were just like, fuck this? There were a couple, but the worst that I can remember offhand was The Good Earth um, by... Oh, God, it was it was bad. I, I want to make sure I'm, I'm shaming the right book here. <laughs> yeah, by Pearl Buck. Um, okay. It was about a Chinese man who just, I, I want to say he was just obsessed with owning land and he and his family went through famines. And I, I the thing I remember is at one point the wife uh, gave birth to a baby and killed it because they couldn't afford to feed it. And That's it's just it. like, yeah. And I was like 16 reading this book yeah. and I'm like, this is really messed up shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, but there were a couple other ones. That's the one that jumped out because I had that moment. I was a summer camp counselor 
uh, and it was assigned summer reading, and my only job was basically to pay, play ping pong <laughs> with the kids, uh, so I, I was able to get my summer reading in, and I remember sitting, reading that part of the book, and just being like, this is fucked up, closing the book. <laughs> yeah, it's not good, yeah. I'm supposed to be in a ping pong mood. This doesn't put you in a ping pong mood, you know? <laughs> <It doesn't> have... <laughs> like, I don't know, man. That's, yeah, that's crazy. In a minute, like, I didn't know that, uh, like, I've heard of assigned summer reading before mm-hmm. from schools. How does that work? Because how do your grades translate to the next year if it's during summer? So the first part of English class or language arts, uh, whatever they called it, um, the first part of the year was basically they would make you write essays and take a test on the book. Okay. okay um, got it. So yeah, you you really had to read it, or I found out later read the cliff notes. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's when the internet started doing homework for us. So no, the last few years of high school, I just used the internet. I because the books. Part of the problem, too, and and I don't, you know, this is going to sound like a real uh, dumb person comment, but it's not. But the language has changed. So, yeah, like, it's hard for a teenager to read in words that just don't make sense. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not saying they should modernize those books, but maybe give, I don't know if you've ever re- uh, read the book Flowers for Algernon. That, no, I don't read it. That was one of our reading before freshman year, and I loved it. It was a little more modern. Um, it was about a guy who, I don't even know if it's appropriate nowadays, but it wasn't a, a it, intentionally insulting, but it was about a guy who was mentally disabled, and it was like a journal, and they were giving him an experimental drug to see if they could increase his intelligence. So the writing at first was almost unreadable because he just was terrible at spelling and grammar and he got to be like a super genius uh where you know this really enhanced his brain and then i i don't remember if it ended with him killing himself or if it just the effects went away and he became disabled again um but it was a great book it was something that stood the test of time uh well i again i don't know if people might be offended by it now but, uh, it, fa- yeah. yeah it, it's fascinating like, that, like the way it's written and stuff that sounds really interesting yeah it was so that's the kind of book like I feel like high schoolers would do great with books like that I don't know anyone who hated that but yeah you start getting into uh, what uh, I kind of want to look and see what year The Good Earth came out 1931 oh okay yeah yeah that's a little yeah. Yeah, and this, I don't think the language was even the problem, but it was uh, for, uh, I mean, a Chinese farmer translating to an American teenager. It doesn't really, from the 1930s, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the selection and reading could have been a little bit better. Yeah, but I find, too, is it's like, it is important to read those old books because it kind of shows, like, what the world used to be and it's not even even if something's like offensive there's just that understanding of like mm. well it was a different time and like if i was born in that time i probably would be the same way or whatever yeah and even now it's like there might be things we say now or do now that like 100 years from now it's gonna be like what the fuck were those people doing right so that's kind of why it's like i don't know I, sh- I shouldn't come from like a high and mighty place when you know i was born in a certain time you know i don't know yeah no i i uh I agree with you. I think it's it's 
funny. I I know that things probably two dozen things we've said in this conversation thirty years from now will make people think what yeah. savages <laughs> what <Yeah. laughs> what imbeciles are they. I even think back to when Kevin Hart had his little thing, which luckily didn't amount to much other than him losing, yeah. hosting the Oscars. Uh, what he said, that F word, every man under 40 has said in a way that was not intended to be offensive. It was just yeah, slang. For sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, we, uh, yeah. yeah, I remember like me, like me and my group of friends and I in middle school, like we were really racist. <laughs> like, just as jokes to each other. Like we were a diverse group of people, right? And everyone would make fun of each other's race and shit. And it's like, if they recorded those conversations and say I was famous and that came out, right. I'd get in trouble. <laughs> but like, it was, we were just, that's just how it was at the time. That was our mindset. And you grow and change. So, you know, I think a big part of it is about the growth, not necessarily what they said. Right. Right. I, I, I tend to agree with you. That's what, I had a, f- a couple of friends who, uh, their insult for me was calling me a WAP, which I don't even know if that translates to, to Canada. Uh, it used to be an anti-Italian slang. Uh, and anytime they'd say it, I would laugh. I mean, that was just, obviously they don't hate Italian people and they don't hate me. I probably have answer, uh, you know, my grandparents might've been deeply offended if they heard that, but yeah, you know, I've never heard that before. It, uh, I, I believe it was, so in America, uh, in the 1910s, when Italians were coming over to America, they were, uh, frankly, I think most people considered them like black people. Okay. Uh, but I think WAP stood for without papers. Um, oh, so kind of okay. like some of the people now treat illegal immigrants or something like that. Right. So it was... Uh, Countries tend to be very much not wanting other people to come into their country. Uh, and, not, and obviously that's not a good thing, but it seems to be a societal thing that has gone on for generations. Yeah. Um, so the, the same thing happened uh, back then. But yeah, it was, so it was, I think it was probably only an American anti-Italian slur. Okay. That's why I was, I, that's actually funny. I was curious whether you'd pick up on what, if you'd ever heard that before. That's a Cardi B song now, actually. So yeah, different, <laughs> different. Uh, you were like referring to that. I'll no, I no, no, no. <laughs> they were not <laughs> wet. Uh, <laughs> and that's all you have to do to mitigate slurs. Just make it a Cardi B song, and then now it won't have any meaning. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. I- <laughs> but even again, like even if you have like a racial joke, if it's still like super good, I think most people understand that like it's a joke, right? Like I don't know. But, um, like, you know how, uh, like, have you seen Community, the TV show? Oh, yes. Uh, That's amazing. uh, Yeah, they took off the episode, like, in, like, a lot of streaming services, the Dungeons and Dragons episode, where Chang, uh, he dresses up in, like, the dark elf, like, blackface or whatever. Mm. And then the the thing is, it got taken off for being offensive. But, like, the joke is that even the characters are calling out for being, like, that's wrong. Like, that's the joke. The joke isn't that they're saying blackface is good, the joke is that it's bad. <laughs> so it's kind of weird when, like, that's, like, seen as, like, offense. Like, no one was really calling for that to be taken off. Right. Uh, just corporate, I don't know, just corporate things. Again, Did you, and you look at least younger than me, but I'm not I'm not sure, um, but have you seen the movie Tropic Thunder? 
Yes, yeah, yeah. So I woke up one day, maybe, what, a year ago, and there was a hashtag trending to cancel Robert Downey Jr., and it was because he, in that movie, played a guy who got, what was it? He had permanent blackface. I don't, yeah, I think it was some procedure yeah. or something. Yeah. And uh, that was meant, I mean, you saw the movie, it wasn't meant to, to mock, <laughs> it yeah. was, it was meant to kind of mock his character, I guess, would be yeah, the exactly. easiest way to say yeah. it. Um, doesn't look good now, but it clearly was not, I would say, mean-spirited. No, no, it was it was good. It was a classic movie. It's just like, it, it, but it's interesting how it wouldn't be made today. No, and I still remember one of the best jokes in that thing was, again, you couldn't say this today, I'll get in trouble for saying it now, is when you said, you can never go full retard. Yeah, and yeah. that was hilarious, and it, yeah. you know, yeah, that movie could not be made today for multiple reasons. Yeah, and neither could The Hangover. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was, and that was just like ten years ago. It wasn't, that, yeah, it it couldn't have been much more than a decade. No, but but in the preview, the trailer for that movie that they yeah. blasted everywhere, uh, Bradley Cooper pulls up to pick up Ed Helms and says. He honks the horn and says, paging doctor, F-word. That yeah. was in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck. It's crazy. I do, I remember, yeah, we used to, in school, we used to, like, yell that out, too. Just, like, as a it was the, <laughs> Just, like, down the hall. I was like, shit, man. I don't know. Yeah, and it, guess, it, <laughs> it makes me sad to an extent because, you know, you don't know who maybe was getting offended but didn't say anything. Maybe, although I did know a few gay guys who used the word as well that didn't seem to care if you use, yeah. you know, like it seemed like it was part of the vernacular back then. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of, it makes me sad that, uh, you know, I don't know where the balance is as far as uh, how far. So I, I even said this to my last guest. I pulled my set that I did very well. I pulled a joke out of it. It was mostly about being divorced and dating. Right. And I pulled a joke out of it because I said, you know, uh, the you, you guys have Tinder in Canada, I assume, right? Or yeah, we do. Dating. Yeah. So I was joking. You, the girls take the picture from up here and you swipe and you see four pictures of a, a pretty face and then you get the last one from down here and it looks like she ate the last four girls. Yeah. You know, when you can actually <laughs> see the full body. And I pulled it because I'm like, I don't want to come off like, I, I don't want to offend a, 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 an obese woman who just wanted to go out for comedy. And I don't think that audience, I think they would have ate it up. But, right. you know, it's not, that's not a mean-spirited joke. That's what it's like on online dating, frankly. Yeah. I don't know. I think you could keep that in, man. I think that's funny. Because, I, I, I don't know, I have a lot of edgy shit, though. So maybe I'm not, I'm not the best person to ask, but that's pretty good. No, I I probably will put it back in. Um, I think the Uber driver kind of threw me and made me be like, uh, I, he wanted he, he wants edgy comedy, and I I can't be too edgy." <laughs> kind of went the other way for me. <laughs> yeah. Probably that's probably the biggest downside to taking an Uber to a comedy club is that the Uber driver is going to try to influence what you say on stage. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because then they know you're a comedian. They're like, right. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like, oh, you're going to Coconuts Comedy Club. Are you a comedian? I'm like, eh, no, I'm just doing some open mic night. Yeah. 
And that's the whole conversation. I got to be edgy. I'm like, oh, yeah. no. Yeah, no. Try to, yeah, it's funny when someone who's never done comedy tries to give you advice. <laughs> this is what comedy is these days. It's like, what are you? No, no thanks. I'm good. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it, it is, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of that. People who have never tried to go on stage and probably for good reason. <laughs> yeah. But they'll tell you what they think you should do. So with um, your book, it's been out a month now. Are you happy with how feedback and all that kind of stuff? Yes, I've actually, I've actually had to kind of go through uh, additional editing right now because mm-hmm. I noticed that there was some. So I'm actually, so the version I was now is like I'm fine with it, but the next version will be better because I just got a second editor and we're just going through it. Um, yeah, like I'm happy with feedback because it's like my first book. And the criticism that I'm getting is, like, consistent, and it makes sense. So then it's just, like, with the next book, you take that, and then you use those, your, like, your flaws as a writer into your next one. Because I was only two and a half years into writing, so I know that it's just okay. And then the next one will be four and a half years into writing, so that'll be better. So it's like anything, you just slowly get better at it. Yeah. yeah. Is it, so, yeah, I'm happy with it. The negative feedback, is it style? Is it uh, grammatical? or? Uh, some of it is grammatical, but that's the stuff that I'm fixing with the editor, right? So that'll be fixed. Um, there's some story stuff, which I haven't changed, but it's like, oh, yeah, like, I, everything that's been said, like, yeah, I get it. Like, I understand where they're coming from. Yeah, and the positive stuff. But there's certain things where it's like one person hated this aspect and another person loved that same aspect. So there's certain things that are like that, too. Or <laughs> I, I can imagine, uh, with no experience, but I can imagine somebody coming to me and saying, I really hated that part, and being like, well, fuck you, that's how I wanted it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Certain times, yeah, like, sometimes, like, someone will give a suggestion, and it's like, no, I want to keep it, I'm keeping that, like, ultimately, sometimes you just decide that, like, hey, I like this, you know? Yeah, no, well, that, that also is kind of similar to stand-up, it's like, right. I, I know this one might not be great, but it's... It's mine. I'm keeping it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully the clubs open up soon in Vancouver. Uh, oh, one thing I always like to ask. So, you, you know, you, you've got a lot of balls in the air with different projects that you've done and, and stuff like that. Um, and you don't need to have a, a firm answer to this, but I always find it interesting where you can talk to some people who do stand up and they want to be an actor more than anything. Some people just want to write and like me, they're doing stand up to just try to, you know, hone a craft. Um, what, if there was a, a goal for you, is it just to find your avenue and make a living or is there a specific thing you really strive towards? Uh, I would just say just make a living off of stand-up and writing, just combining both of them, and also, like, to eventually make a good living, Cause, because I want the books to be a franchise, right? So it's like, that'll be nine. It's going to take 20 years to finish. I'm going to be 40 when I finish. I'm 23 now, right? So I know it's going to take a while, but just make a living, make a good living, and that's it. That's all I really need. That's all I'm looking for. Excellent. Well, I, yeah. I, uh, Look forward to seeing how things uh, develop for you, and I'll uh, uh, I'll check out your book. I love the cover, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of people say that about the cover. Did you have to hire someone? Yes, I did hire <laughs> someone, and I, I went I went the right route because I paid the good amount of money. That's the thing that I will say. 
with and if anyone's looking for writing advice pay a good editor it is worth it in the end don't do what I did because I've had to get two editors now so mm. yeah pay a good editor yeah that's uh, noted <laughs> yeah all right, well, Jeremiah, I really appreciate your time today, and uh, you know maybe we will uh, talk again in the future when uh, Hive sequel comes out. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man, for sure. All right, thanks so much. Yeah, have a good one. Oh, when you, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, that was it. Me and Jeremiah Umporophy. Uh. Check out his book if you're into science fiction. Uh, hopefully, you know, maybe you got something out of that. A lot of uh, writing-centric uh, conversation. Um, so if you've ever written anything or planned on writing something, hopefully you gleaned uh, at least uh, one or two small things from it. Uh, anyways, do all the things I ask you to do. Um, you know, liking, subscribing, following, sharing. Share, share, share. All right. Peace.